Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free Monday edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And we're not just here on Mondays. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday as well. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Ralph Report. It is Monday, January 28th. So happy to have you with us. I am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman, sitting further away from me than he usually does because we have a brand new recording set up here. Is your vice host, Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. How you feeling, Ed? I feel really warm with yeah, these mics. These mics uh, make our voices a little so, sexier, I think. We're almost like NPR. For those of you who don't know what we're talking <laughs> about, this is the first trial run of the brand new recording setup here in the Batcave. I did a little renovating over the weekend. Maybe some of you saw it. The uh, four-star generals got sent a little behind-the-scenes video of uh, me breaking down the old janky setup and putting together the new did, upgraded setup. Did you catch on video you slashing your thumb? No, that oh. was done off camera. Damn it. I brought, the, Damn it. I brought the wound on to camera after the fact, though. I did show <laughs> off the gash in my thumb. Putting a table together. Simple little act of putting a table together. <laughs> it's a long... St- I'll tell you really quickly. I had my... Makita power drill out so okay. I could put the screws in to fasten the legs of the table to the top of the table. Nice name drop on your drill. Thank you. If anyone from Makita's out there <laughs> listening. Uh, and for some reason, I was having a hard time charging the replacement battery. Yeah. You know, it's got the recyclable batteries. You can get a little charger and you yeah. stick it in, it charges up. So it wasn't very powerful. So I had to end up having to do it by hand, just a screwdriver, just screwing it into the right. wood of the top, which is hard. Yeah, definitely. You know? And I was holding... The, it was a weird angle, so I was holding the leg with one hand, and I was screwing with the other, and sure enough, it slipped <laughs> off and went just, right, right into my hand. Just gassed you. Yeah. What would so. you, what'd you yell out? Um, Big F word? I said, uh, gosh darn it, I think. <laughs> Dang nabbit. Golly gee willikers, did that sting? <laughs> yeah, luckily my uh, wife and kid weren't home, so they didn't hear the torrential downpour of fucks that came out of my mouth when that happened. These bat walls could talk. It was bleeding everywhere. It was a nightmare. Anyway, look what I do for you people. Look how I give. Manual labor. I give and I give and I give, and uh, this is the first show with the new setup, so... I'm interested to know what you think, how it sounds. Let us know. You can uh, drop me a line at Ralph at the RalphReport.com and let me know what you think of the new sound. Good, bad, same. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard when you're doing it. And I'll hear it back, you know, when I do a little editing today and then I'll uh, throw it up there on Patreon. But you guys are the ones that listen through your earbuds or your speakers. I mean, so many people listen in so many different ways. I never know quite what the sound is I, like on the And other I can end. see more of your pretty face. Well, so thank you so much. We can't see each other better. We don't have giant sound shields making like little <laughs> mini booths around our heads. This is more open. And we've got a special kind of uh, windscreen on the microphone that is supposed to block out all sound around the microphone except for the voice that's going in through the front of it. So, again, this so is all experimental. It's a little clearer. Yeah. A little Less noisy. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Anyway, huge show today for a Monday. We have, of course, your uh, voicemail, phone calls that you leave at the Ralph Report hotline. We have all the entertainment news. We'll be talking about last night's SAG Awards. Some big things happened on the SAG Awards last night. I have all the results of the Royal Rumble if you want. (laughs) Yeah, by all means. Let's talk. 
you want you and Ashton get together and cover that in a separate show. Um, we also will be taking a look at our top three movies. Uh, we had a Garmin member call in and say, I love when you guys did your top three and worst three Christmas uh, yeah. movies. We talked about that. That's said, tough. What if, what's your favorite movies in general? So we had to kind of scratch our heads and, and narrow down three top films. It's a tough list to do that. It's, it's, it's hard. Not, it's it's not, hard to do. You know, it's not the quintessential end-all and be-all yeah. top three, but it's certainly the three that I chose were the first three that kind of came to my mind. Yeah, three that affected me that I could remember. All right, so we'll talk about that later in the show. A lot of good stuff. But let's kick things off, as I mentioned, with your voicemails. You can reach out to those of us here on The Ralph Report in several ways. You can always write me, as I mentioned, ralph at theralphreport.com, eddie at theralphreport.com, and hopefully soon... To be Steve uh, established, or Steve. Pack off or whatever or it's going to be. We, he, he has to pick what he wants. <laughs> You'll be able to reach out to Steve as well. And it seems like most people would rather call the Ralph Report hotline, which, as you know, I listen to. I hear every message. You can leave a message 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1 833. Hi, Ralph. <laughs> Well, that's good. Thank you. The new mic's really new picked mic everything really up. picked up that wheeze. All the wetness. I enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> let's get into the calls. What I do is I grab a handful of them. Over the weekend, there's always a ton. Oh, I bet. I, I got I got. It's like panning for gold. You're giving them like 72 hours to leave you messages. <laughs> they load up the voicemail <laughs> with all kinds of things. So I sifted through those. I grabbed some of my favorites. It's a segment we call the Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. I will give everyone fair warning. The majority of today's phone calls are complaints. Oh, really? Most people unhappy about something. <sighs> Starting with this gentleman who doesn't even like the way I give out the phone number for the Ralph Report hotline. What? Hey, Ralph, this is Oscar from Elmont in California. And I just want to say one thing. Uh, I haven't called. I have enough to message because, well, one, I feel like maybe it's not good enough of a message. Or two, you just get so many that you might not even pay attention to mine. But can, can you please stop with the whole hi, Ralph, thing in the morning? Because, honestly, that's the creepiest way for me to wake up. You sound like one of those puppets from that one movie where the puppets come alive and start killing people. Yeah, it's, it's not cool. That movie was terrifying to me as a child. Anyway, uh, love you guys. Uh, oh, and Eddie, what's up, man? How you been? Hey. What's up with your co-host? That guy's a little weird, man. All right. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Yeah. Love you. Mean it, too, obviously. That one movie where those puppets came alive and killed that guy? the crap out of them. What movie was have, that? Was, Puppet Master, uh, maybe? Was it? Yeah, maybe. I don't even know. I don't know. Don't know. Listen. <laughs> Listen. I, it's the one guarantee to laugh I get out of Pence every show. You think I'm giving that up? You're just going to have to get used to it, sir. I love it. It gets longer and more drawn out every time. It's just, that's a, for an audience of one. That's for it, Pence. It, until you hurt yourself, keep going. Uh, this next call, I mentioned that I put together uh, the first of what's going to be a weekly thing for the four-star generals. I'm going to be giving them a, a little bonus a personal behind-the-scenes video from me to them. A lot of folks watched it, and a lot of people bitched and moaned about Eddie's chair. We heard about it even on the live stream event yesterday. People concerned about Eddie's I've chair I've never for some mentioned reason. the chair, ever. Uh, hey, Ralph. My name is Paul. I'm a four-star general from Windsor, Canada. I just watched your uh, video reveal of your new studio, and it looks great, but I just got one quick question. 
Was the idea to give Eddie a child-sized chair? Was that on purpose, or was that just something that accidentally happened? Not a child-sized chair. It certainly looks like you're sitting on a throne while he's sitting on a big boy chair in a restaurant. (laughs) Thank you very much. Love you. Eat it. Bye. Well, first of all, it is a throne, sir, because I deserve it, because I am the king. Of the podcast. It's a power play you do. That's all. But after hearing everybody bitch and moan, I want everyone to know I ordered Eddie a new chair yesterday, so he'll be getting an equally sized office chair of his own to sit in when he records Thanks, everybody. I appreciate it. Cheese and crackers. It's It's the power play. Um, not everybody's a uh, an Eddie fan, however. Some people are, have some really? some problems with him. Of course they do. Like this young lady brought up an excellent point, and I wish I had thought to say this when it happened. Hi, Ralph. I was just calling because I was listening to Friday's show, mm-hmm. and I couldn't believe my ears. Did Eddie really say he could not imagine French fries with brown gravy? Yes. Like, potatoes and gravy are such a weird, crazy combination. <laughs> right. <sighs> God damn it, Eddie. All right, thanks. Bye. That didn't even dawn on me. But potatoes and gravy are a constant combination I, in I, almost every meal. And I even like mashed potatoes and gravy. So what, the fact that they're French fries and gravy, you were like, oh, I don't know if I could see I that happening. Because it, like, it's such I guess a bizarre combo. The visual, I think, threw me. I didn't think potatoes when I thought French potatoes fries. and gravy. I know it makes no sense. Oh my god! But yeah, come to think of it, yeah, it makes zero sense. I guess I probably could eat gravies you, with French fries. You probably could. This gentleman's upset at both of us. We were talking about the the tease that came out last week from Jeff Bridges about the potential for another Big Lebowski yeah. film. Yeah, 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 a lot of people thought it was going to be a sequel, and then we looked at the date. And we said, "Oh, it's, it's a Super, Super Bowl." Bowl and we said, wouldn't it be fun to see the original gang back together again? John Goodman and John Turturro yeah. and Steve Buscemi. Oh, no, wait a minute. He couldn't be in it. <laughs> no, this guy misunderstood and is furious. And I want you to know this was all he left on the voicemail. When the fuck did Steve Buscemi die? <laughs> <laughs> that's Look, the whole message. That's the whole message, <laughs> sir. Just sir, sit him in a parking garage, just yelling in his phone. It, we didn't. No, because I said Steve Buscemi, and you said no. He that's not possible. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. His, his character died. Right, or something to that. We effect. did. I don't know if we we made a point of saying the character or not. I think we said, oh no, he died in the film. In the film, right? Well, look, people don't listen that carefully. Our, we were not trying to say that Steve Buscemi was dead at all. It was his character, Donnie, in The Big yeah. Lebowski, dies in the film. Spoilers. Apparently, this guy never saw the film, or else he would recognize <laughs> well, that. Well, you fact. made a comment about the ashes. Whew, I was very upset. So upset. Yeah. So angry. Wait, you haven't heard upset yet. <laughs> oh, Wait till you hear these this ladies. This is a bad weekend for phone calls. It's good. It's cleansing. Gets it all out. Gets it out of the way early on in the week. <laughs> a lot of people want us to stop talking about spiders crawling into your ear. A okay. lot of people are wigged out by that idea. Well, it's not our fault. We mentioned it one time, and then people keep bringing it up. Well, you did have some follow-up questions. You want to know how they got it out. You want to know how do you know it's in there. Just... So the guy called back. I mean, it did. It was an extended run of spider talk. <laughs> and some ladies, like Aaron, not happy. Oh. Hi, Ralph and Eddie. Uh, this is Aaron. I've uh, been listening since the first day. Love you guys so much. But I just thought I should call and tell you that... Um, if you play another fucking word from that spider in the ear guy, I will find the bat caves and fucking end you myself. <laughs> wow. That is hands down oh the most 
disturbing and horrific story I have ever heard. And every time you talk about it, it's not interesting or informative. It's fucking horrifying. So just letting you know, uh, again, if, if you play one more word about that actual process, um, I will have to fucking end you. God. Okay, love you, mean it, bye. <laughs> Does she? Aaron, I'm a little turned on, quite frankly, oh by end that us. threat. Uh, Aaron, had nothing. That is nothing compared to how Bridget from Long Island felt about the topic. And uh, for some reason, she <laughs> largely blames you, Eddie. And, I, and given her rage, I'm completely happy to let that be the case. Hey, Ralph and Eddie, it's Bridget, formerly of Long Island. Fuck you, Eddie. <laughs> Fuck you, having to talk about that fucking spider. I'm having nightmares now thinking about that thing fucking crawling in my ear. I had to get, you had to get a clarification how they got that fucking spider out. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm like in tears just thinking about it. <sighs> Fuck you, Eddie. LMB. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Eddie! Wow. Oh, my God. She's a delicate little flower, They're isn't she? They're getting angrier. They're getting angrier. Yeah. Oh, she is. Oh, I would not want to. I love Bridget. I want to wow. meet Bridget in person. Someday. I do not want to see her in person. She'll I stab need me. to hang out with Bridget. She. she, she reminds me of like Ray Donovan's wife or something. Like somebody who could kill you. <laughs> she could. Would. Spectacular. Would kill you. Last week we we're also talking about a talk like a grizzled prospector day. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yeah. When you're supposed to talk like this, oh, get your mule together and get your pickaxe and go and fish some gold. Well, uh, we also talked about talk like a pirate day because yes. they're very closely related. And this gentleman could not resist, had to uh, deliver this message. Hey, guys, you were just talking about uh, talk like a grizzled prospect today. And then yes. uh, you kind of moved on to talk like a pirate day, which reminded me of one of my favorite jokes, which is, what did the pirate say on his 80th birthday? I don't know what. I am 80. I love that joke. <laughs> I am matey. On his 80th birthday, he says, I am matey. Let's go back to the angry callers. Let's go back to the angry callers. I don't usually like jokes, but I am matey. I am matey. I am matey. Oh. That's funny. <laughs> this gentleman was asking for something a lot of people have been asking for, and due to popular requests, I'm going to make it happen. Hey, Ralph, it's Brian Gray here in the Quad Cities. That's in Iowa. But I was wondering, is there any way that you can get that Pussy breathing song on like a uh, like a download for a ringtone. <laughs> Gotta have it. Uh, just wondering. Oh. Uh, love the show. Been with you since day one. Lick my balls. All right. Ciao. Ciao. Um, a ringtone. A lot of people want to download it for a ringtone. A ringtone. How awesome would it be? You're at work. You're in the conference room. You're going <laughs> over next year's projections, and then your phone goes off. Pussy breathing. You want a yeast infection, bitch? Pussy breathe it. You got me fucked up. Pussy breathe it, bitch. Yeah. You're scrambling to turn your ringer on. So <laughs> later on today, I will be separately posting via Patreon.com that audio. So if you want to oh, download it as an please. MP3 for your phone. Everybody make that your ringtone. You absolutely can do that. That's it for today's calls. You can call me anytime, though. You know the number. I'm not going to say it again because I don't want that guy to get puppet nightmares. Call me.
Well, this next segment was born out of the voicemails. It is people who love hearing Eddie Pence talk at half speed (laughs) because it gives us a little window into what it would be like if Eddie Pence ever got drunk and you had to have a conversation with him. What would that sound like? And we call it Drunk Eddie's Thoughts. Now, the problem is, it's a brand new segment, so we have no jingle. We have no theme song for the segment, but people keep trying. Oh, they keep trying? We have more contestants? We have no more contestants to see if we can find a permanent home for the uh, Eddie's Drunk Thoughts theme song. Guess who came up with one, Eddie? Guess! Uh, just take a top of my head. stab at uh, who's trying to reclaim his jingle glory. I'm just going to say Cooperman. Just, John Cooperman just. has stepped up, and he thinks he's got a winner for Eddie's Drunk Thoughts. He said, I cranked this out before I left work tonight. That's always a good sign when yeah. you're just, just doing it at work? I guess. Okay. I uh, hope you like it. It's another masterpiece, he put with a, with a question mark. Have a great weekend, uh, John Cooperman. John, you know I love you. You know we owe you so much because holiday or holiday is the stuff of classics. Yes. However, some of your subsequent work has been maybe not up to the same level. It's definitely one hit wonder is that what you're saying? I'm not saying definitely. There's, definitely. there's always there's a... an opportunity, I think, to rise again. This, however, may not be, may not be it. his next smash hit single. <laughs> you be the judge. I'm not going to say anything. It's a monster rap. John Cooperman's <laughs> attempt at a jingle for Drunk Eddie's Thoughts. Here we go. Drunk. What? With his drunk ass, drunk, yeah, <laughs> it's drunk Eddie Pence. It's drunk Eddie Pence time. <laughs> John, it's, it's there's something about it. It's just, I'm not quite sure what you're going yeah, for there. It's it's irritating. I don't know <laughs> if I can if I can really put my thumb on what it is. But it's, it's irritating. It's irritating. Yeah, uh, that it's an irritating. Song. As we used to say in the radio business, would get toasty pretty quick. That would burn pretty fast if people had to listen to that yeah. each and every week. Uh. So I'm just saying, just... love you, mean it, but LMB the B standing for but in this particular case. Uh. Just look, you don't have to stop trying. No, please don't. But we're not going to use that one. I guess I could say it. It's just irritating. I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. No. Folks have been uh, coming up with suggestions for more Drunk Eddie's Thoughts. This one got a lot of votes. I'm not going to single anyone out because a lot of people said when you guys were talking about Florida, Eddie had a bit of a hard time getting through the beginning of the segment. How would that sound (laughs) if he was drunk? Well, your wish is my command. Today, January 25th, is National Florida Day. Poor Florida. Florida gets... uh, Florida gets a lot of crap. Has a bad reputation. Some well-deserved. Well, it does seem (laughs) like... Seems like. I know maybe we're all looking for it, but it does seem like when you see those weird stories in the news, that man... 
you know, attacks his father with a hammer because he turned off NASCAR and stole his meth or something. It's always some bizarre set of circumstances. Usually it'll start off with a Florida man. Oh, yeah. It always seems to. But it's a beautiful state. <laughs> it is. It's the sunshine state. It is the sunshine. Sun. Sun. Sunshine state. You all right? Sorry. Yeah, my teeth weren't working. Sun, 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 sun. Oh, you got to start drinking, man. You're wildly entertaining loaded. Think how you'd be in real life if you could make that happen. I'd be so much more successful. That's it for Drunk Eddie's Thoughts. If you've got an idea for a theme song, open or close, feel free to send it along because we got an opening. John Cooperman did not own that spot. So uh, feel free. Send them along. Stretch your creative muscles and come up with something oh. for us. Man. Meanwhile, Man. it's time for us to take a look at the big calendar that hangs here on the Batcave wall. We do it every day to see what holidays are associated with this day. Now, keep in mind, not all holidays are the same. If we say, yeah, you can celebrate that, you'll hear that. However, if we reject it outright, as we do many of these holidays, <clears throat> that's the sound you'll hear. It's a segment called Holiday or Holiday. Holiday or holiday, please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. All right, today, January 28th, is National Have Fun at Work Day. How lucky are we that we get to do this? This is our day at work. Yeah. We have fun at work every day. Every day. But I would say most people probably don't. Most people probably don't. Yeah. Jobs suck. Yeah, because you have to be somewhere and you're, you're... Basically trading your time for money. Right. And that's, and that's a hard thing to... And often there's a douchebag who is over you, who you know probably more than that guy does, yeah. but you still have to listen to him and he's lording over you. And bosses are the worst part of jobs, I think. Yeah. That and customers. <laughs> Just the <laughs> whole, that, the whole situation great. is pretty... Coworkers are fine. I enjoyed most of my coworkers, but I did not like most of my bosses. Now, see, as a comedian, most of the people I work with are audience members, and I can just let them have it whenever I want. Yeah. Which is always nice. Yes, it is. Um, I don't have a true boss. But folks who have to be in a cubicle all day That's, long... Yeah. God bless you. I appreciate you guys. Today is the day they say you should try to find fun things to do at work. Let your imagination be the leader. Make sure to obtain your boss's approval for whatever fun and exciting things you choose to do. Because once again, bosses can be dicks. So it's built into the holiday to acknowledge that your boss is a dick. Permission to have fun. Right. Gross. Listen, uh, we feel for you and we're there for you. And so if this makes your day a little bit better, then you go ahead and you celebrate. Have fun at work day. Get through that day. Today's also National Bubble Wrap Appreciation Day. Huh? Bubble wrap. Yeah. Bubble wrap's awesome. It's fun to play with. It's also useful in shipping stuff. Yeah, I know. I've just never thought about it. My kid, for Christmas, got... They sell it now as a toy. It comes in a box. They do? Like like a tissue box, basically, where you can pull out one sheet at a time. And just pop it? it? And it's, it's only about six inches square. And you just sit there and you just pop it while you're watching television. I've never or seen that. It's a very satisfying experience for a lot. Where do of you people. buy that at? A toy store. 
Really? Yeah, it comes in a box, almost like a Ziploc bag box. And you peel off the cardboard top, and then it comes out one sheet at a time, and you can play with it. That's crazy. Isn't it nuts? And yeah. it, it costs you twice what it would cost you to go down to <laughs> just, the shipping store and buy a roll of bubble wrap. Just go to the UPS store and buy a roll. Look, Santa works in mysterious ways. What do I know? Here's what I find interesting is that bubble wrap did not start out being a packing material at all. It was created by two guys in 1956. Yeah. Two engineers in Hawthorne, New Jersey, sealed two, two shower curtains together. And they thought it would make great wallpaper because it'd be insulating as well as attractive, in their opinion. Can you imagine <laughs> hanging plastic wallpaper on your wall? It's like you walk in like, you're going to murder me and then wrap me in this plastic. <laughs> it's like going to Dexter's apartment. <laughs> um, and it would be cushy, too, which I think is weird. Again, again, I don't need cushy walls. Needless to say, it didn't take off as wallpaper. Shocking. And so what they decided to do was turn it into greenhouse insulation. So they used to line greenhouse windows with it because it kept the heat inside. Humidity and all that. Yeah, all the moisture and heat would stay inside. That makes sense, more than wallpaper. But another company called Aircap came along, the Sealed Air Corporation, and they bought the idea and the product in 1960. And in 1961, IBM started shipping their computers in that. And that's what was the and, birth of the industry of using bubble wrap as uh, shipping material. And there was little bubbles. Yeah, they, they ended up... Putting uh, bubbles. Sealing in. it, not just on the ends, <laughs> but putting the putting sealing throughout so they would create so those air weird. pockets all over. Start as wallpaper. Right, who would ever think? Like, I guess now you can think, because... <laughs> now I want to bubble wrap wallpaper this room. <laughs> I think it'd be awesome. It'd be soundproof. Living in space. What did I guess? It would have to soundproof it a little bit. I suppose, yeah. <laughs> Do you pop the thing you got for Olivia? Do you do that? Yes. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love popping the... Uh, do you just roll the whole thing up and pop it all no, at once? No, no, no. Individual? What's the point of that? I don't know. That's you gotta go I like, one at a time. I like to grab the whole thing and just roll it. See? You have no patience, I man. I just want to get them all popped. No, I'm just one at a time. I'm really? just taking those out. And then you get yeah. the one that doesn't have a lot of air and it oh, pisses you off. yeah. You got to work double hard on that one. That's exciting. Oh, God. Today is also... Oh, by the way, so what are we saying? I think, uh, yeah. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, today's National Kazoo Day. Oh, yeah. The first musical instrument that a lot of us uh, play, I yeah. think, was the kazoo. Was a you kid. yelled at me earlier because I said you could blow a kazoo. Yesterday, we were doing the live stream event, and Eddie said, oh, I haven't blown into one of those <laughs> in a while. And I said, you, <laughs> you don't, don't blow into a kazoo, dummy. You, you suck don't on suck it. on it. <laughs> you wrong again. Wrong you, twice. You hum it, right? You hum into <laughs> it. That's what makes it work. <laughs> Because there's a little piece of wax paper inside yeah. that uh, valve there, and, you, and it vibrates with the vibrations that are coming out of your mouth from the hum. Okay. All right? I always just, okay. I, I never knew how to play a kazoo then. I guess. Apparently, I always didn't. blew into it. Well, then you didn't get a very pretty sound, no. I can well, imagine. Even when you do it properly, I don't think it's a pretty sound. I do. In really? fact, there are, there are kazoo bands now that will do covers of classical and popular music using all kazoos and everyone has a different kazoo with a different tone and they're all going and they're playing the different parts and it sounds awesome i find it very irritating well don't take my word for it <laughs> this is the moss Eisley kazoo orchestra oh. and they do the entire score from the star wars films all done on kazoo i figured this is music that you could appreciate i, I might be able to pre- it might win me over here's the moss Eisley kazoo orchestra See, it's not quite as intimidating. 
still, the Imperial no, no, March is done by at all. Kazoo. It's irritating. It's joyful. And it's Mos Eisley, not Moss Eisley. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Celebrate with a kazoo. Don't blow into it, though. That's all I asked today. <laughs> and it's National Lego Day as well. Speaking of stuff oh, that is yeah. childlike. I'm all for that. National Lego Day. You may not know this, but Lego bricks have been around for 70 years. And, of course, you can make anything you want with them, including Death Stars and all kinds Death of Star I've Wars. I've sunk a stuff. lot of money into Legos. Yeah. The, the Lego company itself was first founded in 1932. It was a toy company that manufactured wooden toys in Denmark. Yeah. There's an interesting documentary on Netflix about it. I doubt that. <laughs> and then in 20... No, in 1949... Uh, the Lego group uh, found a little machine called an injection mold machine that allowed them to make low-cost plastic bricks. And then the rest is history. And they just harp about the system. It's all about the system. What? What? The, the interlocking system. Yes. Like, that's all they tell. If you watch the documentary, they're always like, it's about this. It had, everything has to be about the system. Everything has to interlock. When I was a kid and you played with Legos, you know what you did? You just got a box of Legos and you just made shit you out built, of it. Yeah, with your your imagination. That's not what it is now. Now no. it's model making. Now you have to have the four thousand piece, four hundred dollar set, and you have to make goddamn <laughs> yeah, Empire you, State. You building. build it and you leave it. Uh, it's model making now. It's model making now. Interesting. In twenty seventeen, Lego became the most powerful brand in the world. Brand Finance, a business consultancy group, said Lego was the most recognizable and powerful brand in the world. And in 2017, it surpassed Google, Nike, Ferrari, and Visa to claim the top stop, wow. uh, the top spot on the list. And they were uh, at the point of bankruptcy at one point, too. Lego was? Yeah. Well, that's not the case In the anymore. 90s, I believe. And this is going to sound nuts. This is probably more Lego information than you ever needed. <laughs> but I recently read an article saying that the out-of-stock Yeah, the uh, ones they took kits, out, of, they, the ones that The ones you anymore. can't get anymore. Those are more valuable than almost any other collectible. Yeah, they collectibles will spend huge m amount of money to get their hands yeah, on those. They appreciate it appreciates more than almost any other collectible. That's nuts. It's nuts. So happy Lego Day! And for God's sakes, don't call them Legos because there's no S. People who f believe in this shit will just crawl up your ass. And <laughs> oh, you think a spider in your ear is bad? Yeah. Wait till you get a Lego you builder up your ass. A kazoo. Oh my lord! So if you're into that, go nuts. If you're a grown person building Lego, then take a long, hard look at yourself. Why? Because. What? You, you, the, you, you just said you did coloring books a few months ago. Yeah. What's, what's the difference? Because it's an adult coloring book. Oh, my. It, it's, it's, it's fine art that you color so in. It's not pictures Legos. of Mickey Mouse, for God's oh sake. God. You cannot say coloring books are better than just building coloring Legos. Coloring book is art. Oh, my God. Have you ever seen a guy... <laughs> Paint a picture or use pastels or crayons. You're not in painting the picture. You're filling in between the lines. It's the same thing. It's not did you the just same. knock the table? I did hit the Don't table. Don't do that. So it's a brand new setup. I talk with my hands. <laughs> this is going to be wasted on you, this new setup. I can tell that. Anyway, fuck Lego is what we're saying. No. Think, right? And it's also National Blueberry Pancake Day. And we know how Eddie feels about pancakes because he's just a dick. No, my son feels about. <laughs> Blueberries. Yeah, between Eddie's kid with the blueberries and Eddie with the pancakes, this is a sad day. Just at, walk at the, away from at it. the Pence household. Uh, oh, fuck that pancake. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Eddie's kid gets a hard on when he eats blueberry pancakes. <laughs> Enjoy your pancakes while you're blowing your kazoo and playing with your Lego, everybody. That was today's holiday or holiday. <laughs> Holiday. 
All right, let's take a look at all the entertainment news with a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. Every Monday, we take a look at the top 10 movies at the box office to see what people went to see in theaters over the weekend. And this weekend, Glass, once again, landing at the top of the list with another $19 million, kept it at number one this wow. weekend. I'm surprised. I've I thought it was so going to drop off. Cons- well, it did drop by 53%, but still number one. There's nothing really open, though, to be it, but I've heard so many bad things about it. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't either. Number two was The Upside, the Brian Cranston, Kevin Hart comedy about a guy who's paralyzed. What's funnier than that, by no. the way? Well, Kevin you know Hart. what I realized why it's funny? Because the paralyzed guy is filthy rich. If that character is poor, that's not a it's comedy not anymore. Yeah. But, but people say, oh, he's rich. It's okay. He's he rich. Be he's paralyzed. Funny. Kevin Hart, you're going to teach him how to... Appreciate life. Uh, Aquaman was third at the box office. Then The Kid Who Would Be King. That's a new film. Only made $7.2 million, but good enough to make it number four this weekend. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was number five. Green Book at number six. A Dog's Way Home came in at number seven. Serenity, the brand new movie with Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway, came in at number eight. They didn't really advertise that movie a lot, though. Which is $4.8 million. That's really bad. That's a bad They opening. didn't promote it at all. That's a flop. I wonder if maybe they didn't promote it because they knew they had and a they stinker just, on They just had hands. to get it out. Sometimes you don't want to throw good money after bad. If you yeah. think you got a dog, you don't necessarily spend a lot of money on uh, TV spots yeah, and things like I, that. Yeah, because I saw, I think, one preview for that movie. Yeah, so this movie's all wrong, all wrong, all wrong. <laughs> Escape Room was number nine. And then at number 10, Dragon Ball Super Broly. We talked about that unexpected success of that yeah. animated film. Still, still hanging in the top 10 with no $3.6 million no this weekend. Speaking of movies, the SAG Awards were given out last night. The 25th Screen Actors Guild Awards, honoring the best in film and in television, gave out their awards last night. Here are your winners if you didn't watch last night. In Motion Pictures, the outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role. Your nominees were Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born, Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody, Viggo Mortensen for Green Book, and John David Washington for Black Klansman. Rami Malek, as, as expected, uh, walked away with the actor, as they call that award. The actor. The actor. He, got the, he got the win in that category. Outstanding performance by a female actor in a leading role. Emily Blunt for Mary Poppins Returns, Glenn Close for The Wife, Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, Lady Gaga for A Star is Born, and Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me? The winner, Glenn Close, won for that as well. I think so far those exactly are what happened at the Golden Globes. Yeah, so usually, they're kind they're of usually, indicators. Yeah. Outstanding performance by a male actor in a supporting role, Mahershala Ali for Green Book was the winner. He was up against Timothy Chalamet for uh, Beautiful Boy. Adam Driver for Black Klansman, Sam Elliott for A Star is Born, and Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me? And this is one particular category. I think around Oscar time, you might see an upset because I think Sam Elliott is overdue and they might give him might one of those career one. awards. Yeah, that yeah. happens with the supporting categories. He sometimes. deserves one. I oh, mean, for God's man, sakes. he's a legend. Outstanding performance by a female actor in a supporting role. Amy Adams was nominated for Vice, Emily Blunt for A Quiet Place, Margot Robbie for Mary, Queen of Scots. Emma Stone for The Favorite and Rachel Weisz for The Favorite as well. Emily Blunt won for A Quiet Place. So that was a bit of a surprise. Outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture. The cast of A Star is Born, Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, or Crazy Rich Asians. And the Black Panther cast won for Best Ensemble Cast for a Feature Film. Wow. Chadwick Boseman's speech last night was pretty spectacular. If you get a chance, watch it online. I will. Pretty cool. 
The TV Awards, Outstanding Performance by a Male Actor in a Drama Series. The nominees were Jason Bateman from Ozark, Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us, Joseph Fiennes for The Handmaid's Tale, John Krasinski for Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, and Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul. Jason Bateman won for Ozark. Oh. Another good speech, by the way. He was, he's called out. He said, look, I haven't always been in this room, and there's a lot of actors watching tonight who aren't in this room, but you need to know you are just one job away. He said, I went a long time. I couldn't get a job, and then uh, Arrested Development changed everything yeah. for me. And You are always one job away, and you are talented, and you are worthy, so don't let the fact you're not working as much as you like be a hindrance. That's, that was really cool That's for what's him crazy about out. this business. Sure, it's a slot machine business. It keep really saying. is. You it pull really that is. handle, and if it comes up jackpot, everything changes, right? Outstanding performance by a female actor in a drama series. Uh, Julie Garner for Ozark, Laura Linney for Ozark, Elizabeth Moss for A Handmaid's Tale, Sandra Oh for Killing Eve, and Robin Wright for House of Cards. Sandra Oh won that category. Outstanding performance by a male actor in a comedy series, Alan Arkin for The Kaminsky Method, Michael Douglas for that same show, Bill Hader for Barry, Henry Winkler for Barry, and then Tony Shalhoub for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel over there on Amazon. He won that award for that show. It's another show I hear a ton of great things about, but I've never I've seen it. I've never seen it either. Uh, outstanding performance by a female actor in a comedy series, Rachel Brosnahan, who stars in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, was also the winner. So a sweep for that show. Alex Borstein from the same show was nominated. Allison Brie for Glow. Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin both nominated for Grace and Frankie. Outstanding performance by an ensemble in a drama series, The Americans, Better Call Saul, The Handmaid's Tale, Ozark, and This Is Us. No surprise there, This Is Us, NBC's hit drama took the cast award in that category and then outstanding performance by an ensemble in a comedy series atlanta barry glow the kaminsky method and the marvelous mrs mazel and mrs mazel's cast took that as well so big night for them and i'm sure amazon is very uh (laughs) may have to watch it at least one episode you know i've heard good things alex borstein's a friend of mine i've known her forever but the lead, that Rachel Brosnahan, just bugs me. Does she? Something about her just bugs me. But I might have to bite the bullet and just watch just it. Gotta see what she, people are talking about. Yeah, maybe she'll win me over. Speaking of awards, Saturday night was also in a big award in Vegas, big award show. The AVN Awards, mm. the Adult Video News Awards, given out to excellence in adult entertainment. But for the first time in a long time, people were not talking about the attendees or the outfits they were wearing. They were talking about the entertainment. And why, Eddie? Because why? Cardi B was uh, the entertainment at the AVN she Awards was? in Vegas. Uh. Yes, I can't remember a star of that caliber ever performing at the no. AVNs. They usually get some comic to host it or do some weird impression, and that's usually the limit of the and entertainment. And Cardi B was the entertainment, and wow. they say she rocked it and just uh, crushed it. Everybody in the room was thrilled to have her there. She said, I'm so excited for these awards, more than the Grammys. I don't know why, she said. Because she was there. Well, we know why. Oh, that's right. Pussy Braven! Pussy Braven! You hit. want a yeast infection, bitch? Pussy Braven! You got me fucked up. Pussy Braven, bitch! Uh, oh. Uh, she used to be an adult entertainer. She was a stripper for many years. That's right. So maybe she, she was. feels a kinship. She knows those people. Oh. It's not quite the same, stripping and porn. Who won a best double penetration? I did not. Mm. Uh, I, I should have. You're absolutely right. I should have called up the winners. <laughs> and you know what we'll do tomorrow? I will make amends. We'll go through the winners for of the, the AVNs <laughs> that happened over the weekend. My bad. 
But we're still talking about sex because Dr. Ruth has announced that she's got a new book on the she's way. She's still alive? Do you remember Dr. Ruth Westheimer? Yeah, I thought she was dead. In the 90s, for those who do not remember or weren't there, in the 90s, Dr. Ruth was everywhere. I thought she was in the 80s, too. Was it the 80s? Was it the... If, I feels like the 80s. For me, it seemed like the 90s, maybe it was the maybe 90s. it was the 80s, too. Anyway, she was the sex guru, and everyone thought it was adorable because she was this tiny little old Jewish woman, and she would tell you, you can have good sex, but first you have to get hydrated to make sure that the semen is flowing freely. I mean, she would say all these disgusting things, but she was so adorable. Everyone just <laughs> loved her. She had her own show on television, Ask Dr. Ruth. I remember that show. Hit. I remember that show. And she wrote a book in 1995 called Sex for Dummies, and she is releasing a brand new version of that book. She said, these are questions that people have asked me, and it's focused on millennials who are having sexual difficulty in their relationships. Mm. This is, well, is going to surprise you, Eddie, but apparently they have a hard time connecting between humans. Really? The millennials. That is shocking. Because they're so technology-based that they have a hard time having conversations with one another. Their eyes probably don't adjust past two feet. <laughs> they probably can't see people. If you're not on a screen, they can't really screen. recognize you. I will talk about loneliness, she said in the book. I will talk about the issue of the art of conversation. I will also talk about the issue of sexually transmitted diseases, which in the Tinder age is... Going back up, right? Going way yeah. up. Yeah, it's a real issue. So uh, if we ever we needed Dr. Ruth, maybe we need how, her now. How old is she It now? does not say in this article how old she she's is. She's got to be 80. She's got to be in her 80s, I would think. Because she seemed I mean, that's 20-some years ago. Years she ago. felt like an old lady. Uh, she didn't feel it. She seemed like an old lady. Yeah. But she's still at it. And more sex and celebrity yes. news. Kate Beckinsale was in the hospital over the weekend for a ruptured ovarian cyst. Oh, Pete Davidson, you son of a bitch. Right? I blame Davidson, too. Well, if he hurt her. He ruins every vagina oh, he comes in contact God. with. Uh, she was at the hospital. She said that it was a really painful ruptured ovarian cyst, and they had to take her to the hospital. She was on morphine. And she took a picture of herself and put it on Instagram, crying because she said, morphine makes me cry. It makes me happy. They said the only reason that she posted it was because someone took a photo of her leaving the hospital in a wheelchair. And she said, I have Instagrammed largely to have my own honest narrative and not always be ambushed by stories that come out there invented. So she would rather say what happened to her than have people speculate. That's a good thing. Look, own the narrative, yeah. right? It's much better than letting TMZ uh, guess about why you're coming yeah. out of the hospital. And this is great news. We haven't even seen Wonder Woman 2 yet. We won't see it until 2020, but they're already talking about Wonder Woman 3. They're already in pre-production. Are you serious? At least the, the, the thought process is behind what the third film is going to be like. Wow. So we're guaranteed to see a third one. And they asked Patty Jenkins, the franchise's director, what her plans were moving forward with number three. Because the first one, as you know, was set in World War One. Yeah. The second one is set in the 80s. And they asked her, will this one, the third one, be set in the past as well? Or will it be set in the future? Will it be a contemporary tale? She had something to say about it at uh, Sundance this week. And here's what she had to say. It's definitely one of the things we've talked about. I'm not pining to put it in the past again, because then where are you going to go? I think it's sort of, it would be weird. You have to go forward. So it's definitely a contemporary story. That's all I can say. And so where we put it and how that gets figured out, I haven't totally nailed out. I kind of feel bad that we never got to see her fight the Nazis. Because that was yeah. Wonder Woman's invention was around yeah. that era, and it would have been cool. To, I mean, I guess we sort of saw that in the World War One. They weren't stuff, Nazis, though. That was, they were bad soldiers. It was Germans, I mean, but it wasn't Nazis. It would have been cool to see her take on the Third Reich. That would have been. But, uh, but I wonder if it's connected, like with 
Wonder Woman and Aquaman being such big su successful films and the Justice League being such garbage and you don't even know who Superman or Batman is anymore. Yeah. Like, is that world connected? Are those writers, is there a writer's room connecting all this stuff together like at, at Marvel? I, I mean, don't get the sense plan? that's the case. I think they're scrambling over at Warner Brothers. Oh, they're going to take their successful franchises and put them on the front burner and everything else is going on the back burner. They asked her, would she be interested in directing a Justice League film? And she said, I wouldn't want to take on all those characters and have to service them all at the same time. I'm more interested in doing my character. And she said she loved Aquaman. She wants to see another Aquaman movie. She would like to see a Flash film, but she's not that interested in seeing them all come together. Yeah, you got Shazam coming out. Yeah. So how's all this stuff even fit together? Do they even care? They don't, like, obviously don't care anymore. Well, if it's making money, I yeah, don't they, think they yeah, do. Yeah, if it's making money, they don't care. Let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on this day, January 28th, starting with actor Alan Alda, who is currently um, dealing with the repercussions of Parkinson's disease, but he's still working at the age of 83. He, of course on one of the most beloved TV series of all time. That's, of course, the theme from MASH. Man, that and Taxi. Those theme songs made me want to kill myself. Did you know, speaking of killing oh yourself, God. did you know the MASH theme has lyrics? I, yes, I do. I don't know what they are, but I, I've heard that before. In the feature film, it's actually a song. Yeah. It wasn't just the theme. And the song was called Suicide is Painless. And it's about a guy <laughs> deciding, deciding whether to kill himself or not. And I brought in a little taste of it. Here's the, here's the MASH theme, the original version from the feature film MASH with the full lyrics. guy playing the triangle in that song is killing it. He made big bucks <laughs> off of that. Happy birthday to Alan Alda. Barbie Benton is 69. She was a playmate. She was Hefner's girlfriend in the 70s. She was one of the hee-haw honeys. Quite the career oh Barbie God. Benton had. Good for her. 69 today. Singer Sam Phillips is 57. She was part of that female singer-songwriter explosion that happened in the 90s. Back in the days of the Lilith Fair. Dixie Chicks. The Dixie Chicks and Sarah McLaughlin. Sam Phillips had a medium-sized hit around that same time, which I still think is a great song. Here is Sam Phillips. And speaking of Sarah McLaughlin, also her birthday today. She is 51 years old. Try to listen to this song without thinking about dogs in cages. That's the that's the challenge now with, with her hit Angel. In the arms of the angel, fly from here. For just 51 cents a day, you can save a dog that's in a cage crying with a sad face for 
15 cents a day, you can have the Ralph Report. You can listen to the Ralph Report. Make fun of Sarah McLaughlin's commercial, Saving Dogs. Sad pug song. Oh, man. That's a rough commercial. Uh, it is also Rosamund Pike's birthday. She's a former Bond girl and a terrific actress. She's 40 years old. Elijah Wood from Lord of the Rings. He is 38 years old today. Singer Joey Fatone of NSYNC celebrates his 42nd birthday today. And NSYNC's arch enemies, the Backstreet Boys, Ooh. also a birthday from that crew. Nick Carter is they 39. shared a birthday. Yeah, man. I wonder if they ever had any beefs. I'm sure they did. Were there any Backstreet drive-bys? Oh, there had to be. It's they, like Nirvana and Guns N' Roses. <laughs> like a bad boy band. Dance off. Dance off. <laughs> the Jets and the... <laughs> anyway, here's the little Backstreet Boys. Tell me why Of the two songs, I'll take. I'll, I want it that way. You like that one better? And You're more of a Backstreet Boy. More, I'm more of a Backstreet Boy. He's 39 years old today. <laughs> actress Ariel Winter from Modern Family. She is 21 years old today. No actress has ever been more different than the, her character on television than Ariel Winter. She plays this nerdy, bookish yeah. sort of smart kid on yeah. that show. Every time you see her in in the tabloids or online, she is just rocking the most sexy outfits ever just put it all out there on front street for everyone to enjoy i think she's doing it in reaction to who she Possibly plays on television to define her she wants to define herself a different way separate herself yeah. absolutely and keyboardist jeremy Razumna of fits and the tantrums is 49 years old i can make your hands clap Ah, it's a great tune. <laughs> That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And sticking with our movie theme today, a lot of folks have reached out over the last couple of months asking Eddie and I to say what our favorite movies are. So we thought we'd narrow it down to the top three and bring to you our favorite three movies today. Now, that being said... We like a lot of different movies. Yeah, it's a near impossible list to put together. You can't pick your ultimate three, but we picked three that we thought best represents who we are and the kind of movies that we like. Eddie's will come as a surprise, I think, to many of you, because he's all over the place when it comes to his films. <laughs> Me, I think you can see mine coming. Let's start with Eddie, though. I thought this was a clever choice, first of all, because this is a podcast and it largely has to do with sound and audio clips. And Eddie suggested <laughs> one of his favorite films for us all to talk about is called The Circus, starring Charlie Chaplin, which is, you've guessed it, a silent film. So thanks for that, Eddie. That I, was a good choice I, on your part, I think. I, that did cross my mind did when I put really? it on the list. I'm mm. like, well, he's not going to be able to have an audio clip for it. But it's, like one of the, it's one of the films that I truly love. 
for those watch. for those who aren't familiar with Charlie Chaplin's work, can you explain the circus? The circus. Uh, it's a film where he plays his classic character, the tramp. Right. He's a homeless vagabond. Right. And he's looking for food and money, whatever, stay alive during the Depression era. And he stumbles into a circus, mm -hmm. and he falls, in, and he gets a job as a circus. As he's running from the cops, he gets trapped in the circus, and he becomes a circus performer. And he falls in love with uh, the, one of the female performers in the circus. Sure. And he's doing things to impress her, and then this is like Big Top Pee Wee, kinda. This is Big Top Pee Wee. <laughs> I should have picked that. It's Big Top should've Charlie. Played an audio clip, but uh, he but he realizes she's in love with someone else who's uh. also performing the circus, and he basically steps back and lets them get together. He he helps bring them together because they're both too shy to really get together and he basically sacrifices, sacrifices his own feelings. And then he, it, it's a classic clip. I don't know if you ever saw the Chaplin movie with Robert Downey Jr. It's the one where he, when he receives the reward, the award at the end of the film, he's sitting there in the desert and all the trucks are pulling away and he's just sitting there by himself and then he walks off in the sunset. Mm. And it's just that classic end scene of the tramp just going back to being what he was before the movie started. And it's it's just, that bittersweet moment where it's that bittersweet moment and it's just it's just such a beautiful story that uh, I don't know. It's one of those movies where I can just put it on I can just sit there and watch and it's almost like visual music well, if let that me, makes sense. Let me bring for you guys let me bring it to life with you guys. Here's a scene from Charlie Chaplin's <laughs> The Circus. <laughs> Right? <laughs> How funny is that? Oh no! That happened. That funny thing happened. Oh. He did quietly. Well, he was on a tightrope, and there was a monkey going on the on the balance bar that he had. And so. it was... You can find the circus. It's a good movie. Watch I mean, it. if you can watch a silent film, which I can, I like silent films on occasion. It's a beautiful story. All right, that's your that's your number three pick. My number three pick, a little bit more modern, actually has dialogue. It is, for me, the Bond film that set set the tone and created the template for all Bond films to follow. I am a huge James Bond fan. When I was a kid growing up, the three Bs for me were everything. Batman, Beatles, and Bond were the things that I cared most about. And for me, Sean Connery as James Bond in the movie Goldfinger is sort of the standard by which all other Bond films are measured for me. It created so many tropes that became... Uh, a formula that you had to have in a James Bond movie. You had to have an eccentric, colorful, strong villain for Bond to go up against. The gadgets pretty much were created. There were a couple of them in uh, From Russia With Love, the film before this one, but the the uh, DB5, Aston Martin, he drives in this with all the bells and whistles and all the cool things going on. The death traps that Bond finds himself in throughout the rest of his career kind of started with this one, legendarily. Auric Goldfinger, the big bad in this film, straps James Bond down to a table made from gold and starts a laser beam that is cutting through the gold, going up between his legs towards his crotch. And it is tense, and it's exciting, and Connery is at the height of his powers in this film. It's a great scene from a great movie. Here's a little piece from Goldfinger. I think you've made your point, Goldfinger. Thank you for the demonstration. Choose your next witticism carefully, Mr. Bond. It may be your last. The purpose of our two previous encounters is now very clear to me. I do not intend to be distracted by another. Good night, Mr. Bond. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond. I expect you to die. Come on. 
If the movie was just that line alone, it would be worth watching. Now, how great would that be if it was all mimed? Oh, that's true. Huh? That's, if Connery had a little mustache. <laughs> if it was just all expressed cane, to facial expressions. Oh, that'd be so much better. <laughs> Eddie's number two pick is a classic comedy. A movie that I dare say could not be made today. Oh, no. It needs to be made. It, it would be so healing if we could all laugh and point at racism in this kind of way and just take the piss out of it yeah. by making ridiculous farcical fun of it but you couldn't make this movie today it's called blazing saddles (laughs) by the legendary genius mel brooks it is a spoof of westerns but much more so it is a a a vicious attack on racism and it stars cleavon little who is great in this film. originally supposed to be richard pryor but he ended up not being in the film he co-wrote it though yes um Cleavon Little plays a sheriff who comes to save a small town from a very corrupt mayor and uh, the businessmen who are robbing the people of that town. But he happens to be black. And that makes the town's head explode when a black sheriff shows up. His one friend is an alcoholic gunslinger played by Gene Wilder, who is genius in this So good. They team up together to take on the bad guys. It's a great buddy film as well as a great comedy and in this particular scene, they're trying to get closer to Harvey Corman, who plays Headley Lamar. It's Headley. And <laughs> in order to get in, they're going to disguise themselves as clan members. Oh God, so they good. need to knock out the clan members and put on their robes and hoods in order to pass as clan members. <laughs> and here is how Gene Wilder gets the attention of the two clan members to get them over there so they can knock them out. Got to get in there close and find out what's happening. There's our ticket. Hey, boys. Look what I got here. Hey, where are the white women at? (laughs) And they go running after him because they think he's captured a black guy. My God. I saw this film when I was literally probably way too young to see this film. I was a child. I was probably eight or nine years old when my dad first showed me this film. And it... Oh, it woke me up to a lot of just racial, how, how silly racism is and how stupid it is at that young of an age. Yeah. Uh, the use of the N-word in this film is liberal and yeah. shocking only in the sense that it's so verboten these days and no one uses that word in public that it, it's from a different time, absolutely. But at the same time, it's remarkably refreshing and it's never used callously or as a derogatory term. It's always used by stupid white yeah, people exactly and i think it's one of the building blocks of modern comedy that if you're interested in comedy at all you have to have seen blazing saddles such a masterful film it goes from being remarkably smart and clever and the wordplay is excellent down to the dumbest most silly comedy you've ever seen in your life it runs the gamut <laughs> it ends at man's chinese theater it's, it's a spectacularly insane. insane film it's insane and uh, i i agree with mr pence here i recommend it highly my second most popular film of my personal film collection is well as you can imagine a kid from philadelphia Growing up in the 70s, Rocky had a major, major influence on me when I was a kid. And for those people who are only familiar with the Rocky franchise now as it stands with him fighting Russians and Clubber Lang and going to space and fighting Martians and the kind of the cartoon it became, you forget how the first Rocky was a small independent film with really interesting, well-drawn characters and real 
emotions and problems and you need to go back and see that movie with fresh eyes to appreciate how really complex and sort of interesting it was. A real, a, yeah. a real portrait of street people and lower income people in the city of Philadelphia and what they were like. Yeah, not at all what it became. Not at all, no. And in the film, one of my favorite relationships that comes out of the film is Mickey, the trainer, who everyone thinks of as Rocky's surrogate father and their best friends. But in the original film, Mickey treated Rocky like a piece of shit. Yeah. Talked down to him all the time until he gets a shot at the heavyweight championship of the world. And then he comes crawling back to Rocky, <laughs> pretending to be his friend and sucking up to him in order to get a job as his manager. He is not a likable character for no. the first half of that film. Here is the scene where Burgess Meredith as Mickey shows up at Rocky's shithole apartment, pretty much begging to be his manager so he can ride on Rocky's coattails as he gets this shot at the championship. I never had no management. That's the trouble. But now I got all this knowledge. I got it up here and I, I want to give it to you. I want to give you this knowledge. I want to take care of you. I want to make sure that all this shit that happened to me doesn't happen to you. You know what I mean? If the fight said... Listen to me. I want to be your manager. You follow that, do you? Fight said I don't need no manager. But you can't buy what I'm going to give you. I mean, I've got pain and I've got experience. Well, I got pain, I've got experience too. Now, listen, kid. Hey, look, hey, Mick. What? Look, I need your help about 10 years ago, right? 10 years ago? Right. You never helped me, no. You didn't care. Well, if you wanted help. I say, if you wanted help, why didn't you ask? Why didn't you just ask me, kid? Look, I asked, but you never heard nothing. The only way Rock can get away from this uncomfortable situation is to lock himself in his own bathroom because he's in this one-room apartment. Yeah. It's really poignant. I think the whole movie, because of the films that came after it and the, and the kind of ridiculous superhero Rocky became, it's a shame that a lot of the, the subtleties of that first film are, are lost on a lot of people I mean, and people forget about that. Even down to Rocky's physique yeah, in the was, first one. He just looks like a, it's just dad a leg bot. breaker. It's he's dad a leg bot. breaker yeah. for the mob and he looks like one. Yeah, he's not this ripped guy that he was in Rocky 3 or 4. And it's, it was unheard of that the hero of a sports film doesn't win at the end. Yeah. Everyone forgets that he, he doesn't he win. Lost. And, he didn't lose. I mean, and, was, and his his girlfriend is uh, is a mousy little weird pet shop <laughs> clerk. I mean, yeah. the whole film is filled with interestingly drawn weird little street people. And then it became this international phenomenon and changed the flavor yeah, of everything. Two films later, Hulk Hogan's throwing him over the top rope. It makes if the, sense. If there was crazy. All, if the sequels never existed, this film, I think, would be hailed as one of the great independent yeah. cinema masterpieces. Yeah. But. It wasn't meant to be. Speaking of franchises, Eddie's number one pick, as you can imagine, if you've heard him at all on this show, <laughs> you know probably his first love is Star not earned, Wars. Not Ernest. Yeah, thank God it's not <laughs> Ernest. It is the Star Wars franchise, and he's picked the film that many say is the best of the first three Star Wars films, The Empire Strikes Back. I have to agree. It's my favorite Star Wars film as, as well. It's the best of all of them. The, the only thing that may be slightly unsatisfying is it definitely plays like the middle film in a trilogy. Yeah. It ends sort of on a cliffhanger, more or less. It's the second act of a trilogy. Yeah. It's the second act of a st three-arc story. The first film has an ending. This, this film doesn't necessarily end as much as it does give you the sense to be continued. But that is the only, perhaps, flaw in it. Uh, Irvin, Irvin, Kish Irvin Krishner. Krishner is the director. Uh, does an amazing job with the, expanding these characters, building on them. So many great moments in this film. First of all, you've got 
Luke Skywalker learning who his father is. You've got the relationship between Han and Leia just uh, blooming in front of your eyes. But my personal favorite moment, I was lucky I got to pick uh, the scene from this, is the relationship between Han and... Um, uh, Leia? Le- no, uh, Lando Calrissian. Oh, Lando, yeah. They've gone to his... Uh, home there in Cloud City, and they think they found a friend and an ally, and it turns out he's only in it for himself. Well, he's not really in for He's in it because he's trying to save his people. He's trying to do what's best for what his he's situation is. He's not a very is. good friend to Han and Leia. Isn't no, that he's safe not. to say? He's is not. that safe to say? He does backstab them, but I As think... As he turns them the long, over to Darth Vader, do you think the, it's fair to say that he's not a run, great pal? Well, the, the, what he was sold was not exactly was like, turn them over. He thought he was just using them for bait to get some guy named Skywalker who he didn't even know. He didn't know the Empire were a bunch of bad dudes. The Empire was going to come there anyway, regardless. Oh, he's trying to save... you such an apologist for Lando Calrissian. <laughs> the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the Few. He redeems himself at some point in the franchise, but at this point, <laughs> at he's this a point, major dick. Yeah, you hate him at this point. So aren't you afraid the Empire is going to find out about this little operation? Shut you down? It's always been a danger, but it looms like a shadow over everything we've built here. But things have developed that'll ensure security. Mm. I've just made a deal that'll keep the Empire out of here forever. Join us. When that door opens and Darth Vader is sitting at the lunch table, it's your head oh. explodes the first time you see and, that movie. Yeah, and then it's also got the most famous line, I think, in one of in, in the history of cinema almost, the I'm your father yeah, line. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Such a great movie. And my number one pick introduced me to William Goldman and also introduced me to Paul Newman and Robert Redford. It is the quintessential buddy film. All buddy films that follow are based on this formula with these two amazingly charismatic actors at the height of their cinema strength, really. The two biggest... Actually, Redford wasn't a big star at the time. This made him a massive star. But the two of them working together, it's just unbelievable. It's called Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. It is the last of the great Westerns, I think, of that era. I mean, Westerns were a staple in cinema throughout the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And this kind of reflects the fact that the Western is going out of style because these two guys who play bandits, they're also sort of out of time with the Old West. Things are changing and they're not able to live their life as they were. I remember picking up the screenplay for this film. They sold it as a paperback, just in screenplay form. And I remember reading it saying, this reads like a really great novel. If you've never seen Butch casting the Sundance Kid, it's one of the great films. And one of those films I can watch endlessly. In this particular scene, Butch and Sundance, who are outlaws, are being tracked by a what's called the super posse that's been hired by the uh, railroad that they've been stealing from to hunt them down and kill them. And they have cornered them on this cliff. Uh, above, the, on the rocks, is the posse who are squaring off, getting ready to shoot them dead. Below them on the cliff is these raging water and rapids. They are truly trapped. Uh, Sundance wants to try to shoot his way out because he's the better gun. And Butch Cassidy, played by Paul Newman, has other ideas. Kid, the next time I say let's go someplace like Bolivia, let's go someplace like Bolivia. Next time. Ready? No, we'll jump. Like hell we will. No, it'll be okay. If the water's deep enough, we don't get squished to death. He'll never follow us. How do you know? Would you make a jump like that you didn't have to? I have to, and I'm not gonna. Well, we got to, otherwise we're dead. They're just gonna have to go back down the same way they come. Come on. Just one clear shot, that's all I want. Come on. 
Uh, we got to. Nope. Get away from me. Why? I want to fight him. He'll kill us. Maybe. You want to die? Do you? <laughs> All right. I'll jump first. Nope. Then you jump first. No, I said. What's the matter with you? <laughs> I can't swim. <laughs> Why are you crazy? The fall will probably kill you. <laughs> it's such a great script, and the yeah. performances are legendary. Even Catherine Ross, who plays the woman who pretty much loves them both, is kind of caught between the fact that their time is coming to an end and she doesn't want to see them die. Uh, everything in this film works. And yeah. some would say, except for the weird part in the center where Paul Newman's driving around in a bicycle the, too. The music's playing. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Even that, although it's a very 60s moment, absolutely, I think is charming as hell. So my favorite film, I'd have to say, is probably Butch Cassidy and Sunday's King. Now, I almost picked that too. I almost picked that one because I wanted to pick a Western. I was thinking, I almost picked that one or uh, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Those Another are two of my one. favorite Westerns. Yeah. So those are our picks for those folks who have been asking us to name our favorite films. Next week, Eddie's going to play just all clips from silent movies. I got Buster Keaton. <laughs> you can really look Harold forward Lloyd. to Harold Lloyd. It's going to be episode. amazing. That's it for today's show. Tomorrow is a Tuesday. That means my wife, Carrie, will be stopping by. We'll talk about last night's episode of The Bachelor. Eddie Pence and I will go through all the entertainment news and the usual shenanigans. Come on back and join us. We're going to have a good time, but we don't really have as good a time unless you're here because I love you and I mean it. Bye. 